0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the boys dynasty fantasy football podcast offseason edition. I'm your co host Josh Schaefer here as always with Sloan Schaefer. Hello. Hi Sloan. And we have a special guest this week, your league loser, your Waffle House winner. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey everybody! You all know me by uh, by the top
1: title Josh gave me, the Big Waffle House Loser. But this is everybody's favorite, Brian Hen. Welcome, glad Brian. Glad to have
0: you, Brian. Yeah, welcome on I the am podcast. Honored,
1: honored. You guys have saved the best for last. <laughs> yeah,
0: we truly did. We truly did. I'm I'm glad to have you this week, Brian. I'm really looking forward to getting into your strategy for Waffle House this weekend. It's going to be really exciting. But before we jump into that, I think it'd be good to cover the standings from the end of the season, uh, final results. I know Brian has it pulled up. Brian, why don't you go over top to bottom what the final standings were and what the draft order is going to be for next season? Yeah,
1: no, I'd love to. So uh, looking at we're just going to go through the first round here. But um, obviously, as, as your Waffle House, uh, uh, <laughs> Waffle House winner for uh, first year of the boys' dynasty, um, I get the right to pick num- number one. Uh, I also have the number two pick in the draft, uh, which is actually Mike Wood's spot. Um, we'll get into that later. Uh, Dylan's picking number three. I'm back on the clock for number four uh, wow. with with Sloan's pick. Uh, then we go to Matt. Uh, picking sixth is, is our commissioner, Josh, which uh, is that your actual pick, Josh? Or was that, that a That is my actual pick, yes. Okay. Uh, and then Austin on the clock at number seven, everybody's favorite Brian back on the clock at number eight for his wow. fourth pick <laughs> in the top eight, <laughs> uh, which was a deal with on And then Mike at number nine, who uh, uh, got Collins pick. And then Josh wraps us back up with, with our
0: league winner, Tommy's pick. Wow. Well, thank you for that recap, Brian. I am, very excited about all of your draft capital well earned in season one, truly tanking for it. How are you feeling about having four picks in the first round?
1: I feel really good. Um, obviously I would like to have four picks in in a slightly better draft class than, than what 2022 is shaping up to be. Um, I feel like, you know, just an initial, uh, evaluation of the class, probably the number one prospect in the class would come in, you know, maybe number four, number five in, in some, some of the better draft class from the past couple of years. Um, but in, in every single draft, there, there's players that, that absolutely explode, that some that we're expecting to explode, others that come out of nowhere. So I, to me, this is all about kind of, you know, darts to throw at the dartboard. And, and I think kind of a misconception with, with my strategy is not necessarily that I'm expecting, you know, all four of my first round picks to hit and, and become big contributors for years to come. Um, but really, I mean, I've kind of thought about this as, you know, if two of my four are, are long term contributors and maybe one of those two is, is a top 15 fantasy player, that's a win in my book. Um, just being able to have that kind of longevity with a player, I think is so important. So, um, definitely, definitely a different strategy than a lot of us, you know, took in this league. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's what makes the league fun. You got, you got Mike and I that are, are pretty much tank central and, uh, you know, Josh, I feel like you're kind of, you know, balancing the two and then you got a bunch of people that are, are more or less trying to win now. So I think that's, you know, what makes the dynasty
2: league so fun. Yeah. Brian, if we look at uh Matt's uh mock draft from last week, does that give us any insight on who you're potentially uh, thinking mm-hmm. about taking?
1: Uh remind me, remind me who he had again. Do you have he a
2: had, Yeah, he had uh it's Corral, right? Yeah, not Corral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Him at number one and then uh picket number two.
1: Yeah. Um so to be honest, I I feel like the the you know, quarterback is, is a major, major need on my team. I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But um, I, I feel like I definitely need to walk out of the first round with two quarterbacks, um, probably minimum. Um, and to me, I feel like this this quarterback class is a little bit of a blessing and a curse. Like there's, there's a bunch of prospects who are probably first round, you know, first rounders in, in the real NFL draft. But at the same time, there's no clear – you know, number one overall pick like Trevor Lawrence or, or Josh Allen or somebody like that, that, you know, is, I can decide right now that I'm taking that player number one. Um, so to be honest with you, I think it's, it's not necessarily going to be a player decision, but going to be more of a fit decision. You know, like if, if I've got, you know, maybe the number one quarterback drafted goes to, to a, a bad place, like maybe Houston uh, that might not be my, I know Josh going to be disappointed about that because his boy no. Davis Mills to go back <laughs> to the bench. But, um, you know, if, they, if you go back to a bad team, that's not really what I'm looking to, to go with. But, you know, maybe the second or third quarterback picked goes to the Steelers or something like that, you know, a, a top notch franchise, lots of talent on the roster already. You know, that's that's kind of a perfect situation for a rookie. So I would say definitely, you know, it's it's going to be quarterback heavy um, for me. And, And I think that kind of presents a unique scenario for the rest of the draft who, you know, is probably not looking for quarterbacks to the level that I am. So I feel like I don't quite pose the threat to a lot of those mid teams in the first round because, you know, they're probably not our needs probably don't
2: overlap that much. So you're not uh, willing to commit to anybody until after the actual NFL draft?
1: Definitely not.
2: No, I, I, I have,
1: I, I feel pretty, pretty safe in saying I will not be going wide receiver uh, one, two, but, you know, could be two quarterbacks, two running backs, one of each, who knows? So yeah. unless some wide receiver just, you know, it, I, I would feel stupid to, to let pass by me. Uh, it's probably not going to be wide out, but I can't, at this point, I can't narrow down a specific player or two.
0: Maybe you see David Bell go into the chiefs in the second round and you say, I can't wait till pick four. Yeah. Pick or, eight. Zan-
1: or Xander Horvath go into a quarterback or a running
0: back needy team. taking number two Zandy. Well, Brian, So I kind of want to, I just want a little sneak preview right now. Would you maybe say like Corral and Hall, are those your top two or too early to call?
1: I would say like kind of, you know, gun to my head, have to make a decision right now. My, you know, I, I, I'm a big Matt Corral fan. I think he's got a really good combination of, you know, he's, he's a good passer, maybe not great, but you know, he's a good passer that can develop and he's, he's athletic, which I feel like nowadays in the NFL, having an athletic quarterback is an absolute game changer. Like, I I think the fact that we don't even know if Jalen Hurts is a, you know, good NFL quarterback, but yet he's probably a top 10 to 15 fantasy asset really describes, you know, where, where the quarterback position's at in the NFL. And, you know, even if Matt Corral ends up being a, a top 10 to 15 real life NFL quarterback, he could easily be a top five NFL, or, you know, fancy quarterback. Um, I'm a big Kenny Pickett fan. I would love for him to end up in Pittsburgh. I feel like, you know, uh, just kind of a game manager, that can get the ball to Deontay Johnson, another one of my players and, you know, Najee Harris and, and all the weapons there. That would be awesome. Um, big Isaiah Spiller fan out of Texas A&M. I think he's, he's kind of lightning in a bottle. Uh, and then Brees Hall, just, I mean, Brees Hall looks like a stud. I was watching some of his cut tapes, you know, last week. Uh, I think I sent you guys a snap, but he's just, I mean, he's, he's a game changer. And um, it felt like, you know, Iowa State gave him the ball, you know, 50% of their plays. And, and he, was, he was breaking loose. So uh, those are probably the, the four players that I'm really, really diving deep into right now. Um, but I mean, it's January, like way, way too early to, to rule anybody out.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I would be sad if you ended up letting Brees Hall fall to Dylan. Um, but it is super early. It's tough to tell right now. No combine, no NFL draft, like so many things to bet to happen.
1: And that's part of the calculus, right? Of, you know, I got to try and figure out who I think Dylan is going to take at three because I might be able to sneak a pretty good player past him if I feel confident that he's going to go one direction or another. So a lot more research to be done.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm excited to see how your draft ends up going. Um, And I think, you know, you have a lot of early picks and we've talked about the consequence of those early picks is winning a a 24 hour stay at a luxurious Waffle House, which is, I think, what we all we will get. We'll definitely talk more about your team later on. But I think all the listeners are are itching to hear about your Waffle House strategy. I just love to get into, you know, we're T minus three days away from the Waffle House. How are you feeling at this point uh, heading into it? What is Annie's reaction? I'd love to to see where your head's at. I, uh, I'm feeling really good. Honestly, I, I see it as
1: somewhat of a, an honor to be the first one. And I, I say that for two reasons. And my first is I I feel like I was somewhat unique in that, like I did not sacrifice my strategy to avoid Waffle House. There was no moment this year where I said, you know, you know, I traded you Zeke Elliott earlier this year, Josh, I I wasn't sitting there thinking like, oh man, maybe Zeke's the one that keeps me out of Waffle House. So that's one where like, I I feel like this is almost a rite of passage because I, I kind of planned for this. I knew this was coming like this, this is no surprise. So, um, you know, in that sense, I, I kind of see it as an honor and, um, I also just think like who better to to embark on this journey for the boys uh, other than than probably our case race king uh, myself. So I to me I this is this is a challenge made for me and I I think it's a worthy opponent. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. To answer your question about Annie, I would say uh, she is she is cautiously optimistic for me um, she, uh, would definitely not be doing it herself. Um, she's been trying to push me to go to like an hour and a half long orange theory class morning before. Um, you know, I, but I don't think I'm quite made out for that yet, but, uh, she's, she's definitely intrigued.
2: I would say. I want to hit you with some quick facts, Brian. Hit me with them. If you, for your, uh, your strategy, uh, you know, the email you sent talking about, it, if you eat 12 waffles, uh, that would be, and this is by what Waffle House listed on their official website. That would be four thousand nine hundred and twenty calories, and that's just if it's the classic waffle. If it's and that's a pecan, no syrup, and that's yeah. I know. man. If it's a pecan chocolate chip, like I mean, you can load the thing up. If you put all the toppings on it, it's double uh, the amount of calories uh, than just a regular waffle. And if you eat twelve waffles and you buy double waffles it'll be $48 and 60 cents. And that's just, if it's a classic waffle. So you're spending at least 50 bucks.
1: I, what I was, was like, honestly, go ahead. Th- those are jarring. I'll, I'll just say that I, the, the money though, I'm, I'm honestly yes. impressed. It's not more. I was, I was like ready to spend like 60 or 70, uh, here. Just, I, I don't know why, but, um, I am so I'm okay with that. Actually, that doesn't bother me quite as much. I mean, hell that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner
2: for, for, you know, 50 bucks. That's not bad. Uh, When was the last time you've eaten 5,000 calories? And for comparison, (laughs) for comparison, and if, if you ever have for comparison, Michael Phelps, when he's training, eats around 12,000 calories. So it really doesn't sound that bad compared to him. I, it's interesting you say that because I actually feel like I have a pretty good gauge
1: on how often I eat 5,000 calories. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason I say that is, uh, long story short, I have this, this app that I use that I can like kind of track my calories throughout the day. And it kind of, it tells me, you know, how, how many calories I can eat in a single day to lose one pound a week for a year. So like, I start. I started this about two months ago. I'm down 15 pounds from when I started, all because I'm just like meticulously tracking calories. So my calorie count for a single day to lose a pound a week is 3,330 calories. So if I eat that amount of calories or less, I lose a pound in a week. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, like if the Waffle House challenge is only you know 1,700 calories more. It's like I'm like man. I probably ate five thousand calories all all the time, if if I got to this weight somehow and uh, wasn't eating twelve waffles in a single day. So to me, I I think I bet I've done it more often than I'm proud of.
0: We've all been there, Brian. shout out to my fitness pal. Been a big fan in the past too. If if that's what you're using, oh yeah, great tracking app. Definitely. Um, I think it's gonna be a ton of. Carbs, which I think will be the hardest part. It's like 5,000 calories of pure carbs. Like, and if you're not eating the bread, you're putting sugar on top of it.
2: Yeah, exactly. I,
0: I'd love, you know, you said you'd reveal your strategy on the pod. What are you thinking? Syrup, butter, all at once. What's the game plan <laughs> heading into the <laughs> Waffle House?
1: Great question. So, in my mind, this whole time, you know, I've been thinking about this for three months now. I've I've seen the writing on the wall. So, there's kind of two different, you know, competing strategies, right? So there's there's the strategy that uh, of you sit down, you order six waffles, you pound six waffles in maybe an hour. You're, you've knocked seven hours off your time. You sit for a little while. Maybe you go throw up and come back. Like whatever you got to do. You, you know order four more waffles at, at 10 you just make yourself sick and you know hope to be done by by one or two or something like that and then the alternative strategy which is the one that I'm gonna go with is show up at 7 a.m you know early bird gets the worm get there start off with just like one or two waffles like ease myself into it some start to get a feel for you know, how my body reacts to it, how much, like how full I feel after a single waffle, like how much syrup butter combination I need. And then, um, aim to do one waffle an hour for 12 hours and then be able to leave at 7. PM. So that's, that's the strategy. and The reason I think that's the best one is that, you know, come maybe three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm dead. I'm tired. I'm, I don't want to be there anymore. Maybe then I can kind of reevaluate, you know, redo the calculus some and decide, you know, what I'm just gonna, I'm going for it. I'm gonna do five right now. I'm gonna feel terrible after, but I'll be done, and then I can, you know, go enjoy the rest of my night. So I feel, but you know, if I'm like struggling at two or three and and can't get it done, well then, hey, we're just gonna keep going with this one an hour until seven o'clock. So to me, leaving Waffle House at seven p.m. is is like a worst case scenario. If I if I am not leaving by seven p.m., you guys know something went wrong.
2: So you have like an alternative strategy going into this. Yeah, I would say like you got to be dynamic. I mean,
1: you can't go in with just a one size fits all approach to this. Um, okay. This has got to be something that that you change on the fly. So my my fear with the original strategy is like if you walk in and eat four of those bad boys right off the bat, you're like that's like a, a, a well. It's more than a normal breakfast, but like (laughs) that's, that's essentially your breakfast. And then like, just like a normal day, you're not hungry again until noon. So like, you're not going to touch another waffle for four hours. And then like you eat at noon and you have four, but then like that's your lunch. You're not hungry again until five or six. So like, I just don't want to get stuck in that rut. And like, I want to have the flexibility in the afternoon to, to make a decision.
2: Yeah. I think you need to binge it. I think the one waffle an hour is a terrible idea. I think you need to binge it. I mean just I, well, yeah, load it up. When
1: I I will I will report back how it goes and then when you lose the league here in a couple years as you forfeit all of your graphics, you can you can let me know how that strategy goes for you. Yeah. Have you ever been to Waffle House?
0: Yeah, have you ever had a Waffle House waffle before?
1: So I have been to Waffle House, but I don't think I actually got a waffle there. I think I was like the weird dude that like actually got like a, a breakfast sandwich or something like and they're looking at me like does he realize where he is and
2: so i have been to waffle house haven't had a waffle though do we know how big the waffles are i know we've kind of talked Austin about that sent some degree. pictures i think they're yeah. like
0: a 10 inch diameter
2: but didn't somebody say that if you get the double waffle they're smaller waffles i don't know okay brian i, I figured don't... you would have known this by now but yeah
0: Brian, are you planning on partly like I don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Are you planning on doing like coffee or eggs or any kind of alternative foods? You got to with... do coffee. You can just poop it out. I don't think it'll go through. It's carbs, dude. Have you ever eaten a ton of carbs and then tried to poop?
2: Uh, I've done, you know. I went to boys weekend.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a rough. It's not like it's easy.
2: Yeah, but I think Brian Brian could do well
0: what's your plan brian are you going coffee and, and other meats and eggs or are you just sticking to the waffles are you and,
2: and with the waffles are you only doing classic waffles so yes only
1: doing classic waffles no way am i adding toppings to that um the uh definitely i i think i gotta stay away from coffee because coffee like it somewhat fills me up like it or makes me feel full i should say and so I, I feel like I got to stay away from that. The one thing I might do is I might do like some sausage links or something, or like, you know, a little bit of uh, scrambled eggs or something just to give like something other than just straight carbs and, and sugar. But um, I don't
0: know. Another one that's probably going to have to be a game time decision. Wow. I'm like kind of scared for you, honestly, because I would have thought, considering you knew you were going to lose for so long, you might have visited the <laughs> Waffle House just to, like, scope it out, scout, like, what your plan is.
1: I actually considered it, and my thought process with that is, like, as as somebody that has not had a Waffle House waffle before, if I were to go and, you know, maybe do some, some scouting or, you know, some pre-work, like would I walk out of that and be like, wow, those things tasted terrible. And then <laughs> I would not be mentally prepared to walk in on Saturday and do what I'm about to do. Yeah. So to me, like this, it's gotta be a surprise and, and maybe this will provide the motivation to maybe be the player that does try to, you know, make some moves to avoid Waffle House next year,
2: but you live and you learn, I guess. Are you going to tell the waitress and all the staff? Mm.
1: I'm, I'm still torn on that one. So I, I would love your guys's input on this actually. So like I lean towards no. And just because I feel like inevitably they're just going to, they're going to ask, or, you know, maybe they're, they're waffle house waitresses and they just don't care. And you could get away with not saying anything, but I don't know what. What are your guys' thoughts?
0: I've read online. I read somebody had this experience, and they found out that he, w- the person, it was a he, was staying there for the Waffle House challenge, and they made him start doing dishes in order to help out. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I were you, because you're like it's gonna be busy. I think is the the thing about going during the day is like people are gonna be there, and like. I don't know how busy a waffle house gets. I would imagine on a Saturday, that's like the busiest it is, which would make me think they might be more inclined to want you to leave. And so I would say I would not say anything. Like I would just be there, like I'm working. Maybe you bring a fake textbook and act like you're studying for an exam or something. So that they're like, you know, as long I as you're as long as you tip them and like I might even tip intermittently throughout yeah. the yeah the thing so that they know you're like gonna, you're not, you're going to take care of them.
1: Yeah, no. And that's, that's actually a really good point. I I'm going to have a laptop and an iPad there. So I'm hoping, you know, especially if I can get kind of a seat in the corner, it may just naturally look like I'm going to be there for a while. Um, but yeah, I have been worried about like, am I just hogging a table? My, my, the what's going through my head and like, kind of getting me over that moral hump of like, you know, am I just, hogging a table is that I think I'm going to bring them enough business throughout the course of the day from people visiting. Like I know my dad's going to come. I think Annie will probably mm. come. Matt yeah. and Kim sound like they're coming. Dylan's coming. So, you know, hopefully Sloan's coming too. Like oh, yeah. I, I think I'm going to bring them enough business that it'll be worth it for them in the end. And yeah. and that will kind of serve as intermittent tipping as well. Uh. Um, as, as people leave. Uh, and so to me, it's like I, I think I can I can get away with with staying there all day without saying anything just because I'll bring him so much business.
2: Do you think your experience with the great endorsement is going to help out? I do. Yeah, it's I mean, it's that kind of longevity
1: in one in one spot that's going to going to be a difference maker. Um, I'm grateful to have done the the great endorsement. that's I mean, to me, that's a tougher challenge than what I'm about to do. Like I grade like a beer an hour for I don't know, eighteen hours. Like that's that's pretty brutal. That's a um, yeah. that was a freaking like hundred dollar tab too. Yeah, like, that yeah. was really expensive. That was a lot. So now, obviously, um, I'm I'm definitely gonna go stretches on Saturday with a lack of company, and that's gonna be that's gonna be tough. I do have seven episodes of of the Blacklist downloaded on my iPad, so I can just when people aren't there, and and there's playoff football in the afternoon. So I think I have a strategy, but. We'll see. we'll
2: see. Yeah, you do, unfortunately, only have one football game between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., and that's the Raiders and Bengals at
1: 4.30. Yeah, and that's right around that's the time like where it might be, like, cutting bait and getting out of there. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah. it may also be my motivation to get done is to, you know, get home and be able to watch that game from
2: home. So Yeah, you got the Pats at 8.15, so hopefully you won't have to go into that game at all at Waffle House. Seriously
0: yeah i think having some intermittent visitors will be very helpful too because Hopefully. that will like give you something to look forward to and it might be a way we need to alter the punishment in the future that you can't have visitors no i'm just kidding <laughs> i think that would be too hard. <laughs> mike might quit the league immediately uh if mike's already be. petitioning for it
1: to get a 12 hour event <laughs> how do you
0: feel yeah i guess it'll be interesting to gauge your opinion on this afterwards about like, I know you mentioned only people who have done the punishment should be able to decide if we change it, which I honestly, I really agree with, because yeah. I don't think we'll have known what you'll have gone through. How are you thinking about like being the trailblazer and like what this punishment will look like in the future? Do you think you would be willing to say like, this is too bad. Nobody should have to do this again.
1: I, I think I could get to that point. Um, I now don't get me wrong. I would want to come up with like, maybe not an equally terrible punishment, but definitely a relatively terrible punishment. Um, but I, I think I, if it goes poorly enough, like I would say if I, if I ever throw up at any point on Saturday, that will be the, what forces me to say, this is inhumane. We've got to stop this. Like, you know, this can't go on. Uh, that's probably the tipping point. If I, if, I don't know, if I can get through 12 waffles and 12 hours and, and, you know, get through it unscathed more or less like i i I think the punishment goes on
2: what do we do (laughs) uh, i'm just starting to think about possibilities what do we do if you get kicked out so i've kind of been running through that too um my
1: thought is that i will pause my clock and i will drive to a different waffle house wow Um, okay do you have a backup (laughs) Uh, honestly, no, I think there's one in Plainfield maybe, and there's, I know there's one on Pendleton Pike. Yeah,
2: Yeah, go to the Plainfield one, definitely.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'll probably, I mean, at that point it'd be a pretty simple Google search. I did, you know, I did look earlier and it's like, there's no waffle houses on the north side and there's like a waffle house on every block on the south side. So those, uh, the, the hillbillies down there love their, love their waffle (laughs) houses. Um, so I think I'll have options, but that, that is kind of my idea. And honestly, if Waffle House gets so, so, so busy where it's clear that they're like struggling, I might just leave myself and,
0: you know, spare them having to kick me out. Yeah. That'd be bold of you. Maybe you move up to a bar seat. I feel like they have a lot of bars there, but sitting at a bar seat might be worse than like, like maybe I could do an hour at a bar seat before my back gave out. Same so, oh, would be if. If I
1: walk in and there's only bar seats available, I'm going to a different
2: restaurant. <laughs> no way. <laughs> well, um, uh, do you know man. what the booths look like
0: there? <laughs> I don't. Brian's I, like I don't on either. like an MI6 mission. He's been like scouting <laughs> the Google photos, pictures of it. Like yeah,
2: Matt said this is a pretty good Waffle House, isn't it?
0: It's it's I, a it's nice. Yeah. Okay. It's nice.
2: I would say on
1: the on the scale of waffle houses, it is probably among the nicer, but I, I think
2: on the scale of restaurants, it's still in the bottom.
0: Okay. I'm <laughs> bottom looking at 10%. photos of
2: it. It looks it looks like a new building, which is always yeah. good to That's see. Nice.
0: You know, maybe if they do kick you out of Waffle House, there's an IHOP very close to that Waffle House too. True. Maybe you could audible to like, do you guys think the equivalent of one Waffle House waffle would be two pancakes, or do you think it's like? I think it's more than a one for one because those waffles are big.
2: I don't think it's two. I'm sure they have waffles at uh, IHOP, right? True. We do have waffles. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know how they compare in size, but yeah, you'd have to figure
0: that out. True. Yeah, it's a 24 hour Waffle House in Brownsburg, so just a consideration. I'm, oh. I'm just, I'm actually nervous that you'll be able to stay there for like 12 hours. That I think is the biggest risk to I do. I do too. The continuity of this.
1: Yeah. I do too. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, if that happens, I will, there will be messages sent out to everybody that's, that's coming to visit. I'll, I'll pause the clock and we'll, we'll, you know, tear it down and pop back up somewhere else. So it's like wow. whack-a-mole. How many waffle houses can kick Brian out in one day?
0: You're so positive about this. I admire that. I would be, I think it would ruin my week potentially if i knew i had to do this
1: i i don't know i'm looking forward to it i think it's going to be fun i don't know well i i i feel like this is it's kind of the equivalent of like a long car ride where like (laughs) the first six or seven hours you're you're like oh this is fun like road trip (laughs) let's go and then like hours you know i don't know seven through ten you're you're like i will do anything to get get out of this car <laughs> so i feel like that's what it's going to be like
0: yeah i don't know i think i'd be tanner before the case race on last boys weekend that would be me just <laughs> sitting out on the thing talking to my brother wishing yeah. be I, I that
2: i do think this has been a really good season for the league in general with tommy winning and brian actually you being excited to do the, the waffle house punishment um because i think if if it were changed up and somebody else won or somebody else like not to name names, but if Mike would have gotten last in the league, I don't know if Waffle House would be happening. Yeah. It would have been really stressful. Yeah. It would have been stressful. Yeah. There were, I think there would have been somewhat of an
1: emergency uh, rules meeting called to, to adjust the punishment for him.
0: Yeah. And so Brian, you'll go and prove to everybody that it's not that bad. Um, Yep and then it'll just be our forever thing. Yeah.
1: Or we'll no, decide
0: something different. Maybe the maybe we decide the person who lost the league the prior year gets to decide the punishment the next year if it ends up being yeah. terrible and then you could pick something else, but
1: yeah. I I just hope we're like in our 60s and our like grandkids are visiting us at at Waffle House because, you know, grandpa had a rough season.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'd love that. That would be yeah, there would be no more Waffle Houses. They'd, or they'd, it'd be some other restaurant because that chain would have closed. Definitely. <laughs> well, great. Sloan, any more questions for Brian on his Waffle House excursion this weekend? I know we're all looking forward to it, but I want to give you a chance if you have anything else.
2: Yeah, how are you planning on documenting it? Because mm. like, I know the guys would really enjoy just seeing the you know the whole process and instead yes. of just the, the time period that they're there know
1: what i mean what suggestions do you guys have you guys thinking like pictures of every waffle or like pictures of the
2: booth and you know oh. or like a first time yeah. like what are we thinking well i think pictures would be good i think videos, videos. would be better but i also don't want you to call yourself out to like this the staff yeah. there um i
1: so could I'll... have a live zoom going and <laughs> yeah that we can on pop in whenever they yeah
0: want. yeah
2: i would love that
0: throughout the day. I... Yeah, I, I was planning Josh, on facetiming you.
2: Yeah, so. out of state guys. Yeah, you know, I'm good. Yeah, no, I'll definitely, I'll definitely
1: put some content out there for, uh, for, for the followers that can't come,
0: can't come to Waffle House. Good. I'd love a article of just like a waffle by waffle, like feeling, like. Where oh. you're at, what you ordered. Yeah, we I want know. a diary of the day. Yeah, so, yes, So, yeah. Well, so a sneak peek for
1: the digest next week, it's essentially <laughs> going to be an hour by
0: hour, blow by blow
1: of, you know, uh, of how we were doing. Of how so, you digest your waffles. Yeah, it's so. going to be pros and cons and,
2: you know, energy level and, you
1: know, all, <laughs> not, all of it. So, Not only do I want
2: to know about the half of the challenge during it, I also want to know about the 12 hours afterwards. <laughs> I mean, you might feel really bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: no, I know. It's I, I will definitely document it all for you guys. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to it, Brian. I wish I could come and stop by because I definitely would, but I'll okay. hop in the Zoom instead. I know we're very excited for the digest, for the content that comes out of this, and for the future. So thanks for being the first one to do it.
1: I'm honored. I'm honored.
0: Well, great. I think we've covered the Waffle House experience. I know we talked a little bit about your draft strategy and with every guest we have on the podcast, we love to talk about their team, their goals, the players they're excited about. Um, I'd love to give you the floor to share what your thoughts are on your team at this point.
2: Yeah. And I think you're one of the most, you might be the most perfect person to talk about this because you are (laughs) Mr. Future and and, yeah. Yeah.
0: I
1: actually, I, before real quick before we get into, into my team, I want to throw you guys a little bit of a curveball here and run through um, a little game that we're going to play. Um, so for, for all the listeners out here, Josh and Sloan don't know what I'm about to go through, but I want just as like somewhat of, you know, kind of a visual, I guess, as to why maybe Mike and I took a different approach and Josh to an extent, versus, you know, say Sloan on Tommy, you know, Colin to an extent too. So I want to go through a neutral team. So we'll take Josh's team because, you know, Sloan and I are, are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Josh is kind of in the middle. So I want to go through and I want to decide as, as a group of the three of us, what round of, the, of their own season's rookie draft would his players have been taken in? So essentially I want to go like, here's an example. So Josh has Kyler Murray. So Kyler Murray was the number one overall pick in, in the real draft. In his rookie draft, he was undoubtedly a, num- a first-round pick.
0: Do we agree? Yeah. Yes, definitely.
1: Okay, so let's keep going here. So we got one first-round pick that, you know, I would say starts for Josh every week. Um, CeeDee Lamb, number uh, – uh, probably, you know, arguably second-best player on, on Josh's team. First-round pick, I would probably I would probably yeah, say. I think so. Joe Burrow, another number one overall pick. Easy first rounder, no doubt. Uh, Javante Williams, what do we think? Probably mid to late first last year. Yep, I agree. Worst case scenario, early second. Yeah. Um, Chris Godwin, I actually don't know a ton on. I don't know when he was picked in in the real NFL draft. Do you, Josh?
0: I don't. I I don't think he was super high. I think he was like a mid second.
1: Yeah. We'll call him, you know, maybe a third round pick. Calvin Ridley, first-round pick, no doubt. Antonio Gibson, maybe second-round pick. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott, probably number one overall pick. Yeah. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, first-round pick.
0: Yeah. Maybe second. He was first, I think, in his draft, because he went to the Chiefs, so everybody was super pumped about him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. TJ Hawkinson, a tight end taken in the top ten. Easy number one, you know, first-round pick. Uh, Jerry Judy. First round pick, yes. Um, Lavisca Chenault, probably. Good looking team here, second. guys.
0: Good looking team. We're talking probably
1: second. I, I'm not going to comment on that, but I there there's some good players in here. So let's let's now run back through and see if if Josh had taken the Sloan approach to drafting, here would be the players left on his team. So he would have Chris Godwin as wide receiver number one. He would have Darnell Mooney as wide receiver number two. Uh, he would have probably Antonio Brown as, as a flex. He would have Davis Mills as quarterback number one. He would have Teddy Bridgewater as quarterback number two. Mm. Uh, he would have Daryl Williams as running back number one. Um, he'd have Irv Smith Jr. as his tight end. And he actually wouldn't have another running back on his roster, which, so that means he'd have to go to the scrap heap for that. Um, and he'd have uh, Mitchell Trubisky and Marcus Mariota as his backup quarterbacks.
0: So like this, I like where this is going.
1: Yeah. So I, I rest my case and I'm, I will allow Sloan to, to react to that. Um, how, however you see fit.
2: Well, I'm a little offended that you're blindsiding me like this, Brian.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Brian kept asking, "What am I going to talk about? What are we talking about?" And well, now I, it's like he came in with the agenda,
2: <laughs> the guns blazing. I think I understand what you're saying. Uh,
0: Do you want me to say it for the audience alone, so it's clear?
2: No, I just going back over your explanation. You're saying, like, look at our rosters and figure out who was who would have been a number one. Or a first-round uh, dynasty
0: fantasy pick. Correct. Correct. Okay. No, 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 no. First-round rookie. So the point is that right, if right, I right, never right. had a first-round yes. pick, right. then I would never have these quality players on my team. Right.
1: Um, we could do your team if you wanted, Sloan. I've actually already done it for a future Dynasty Digest article. So you guys will see
2: Sloan's team broken down. Well, yeah, you probably just copy month. and pasted my sleeper team onto the site. <laughs> you know, everybody – it was a first rounder? Um, <laughs> man, I, I understand what you're saying, but I don't think it's going to work out in reality. Um, <laughs> I, it, I don't know, man. I just don't think – I think there's a lot of busts in the NFL, and I think you can look back over the past several seasons and point some of them out. So you also have to – you're assuming that you're going to be picking the correct players. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of chance with that, but my team's not good. That's why Josh finished better than me. And I guess,
1: you know, so you're right. Uh, There's honestly, actually Mitchell Trubisky would have been one of those players. He would have, you know, he would have been somebody that was taken in probably the top five picks that that ended up busting. But um, I guess the, the point I try to make though is like, I'm definitely gonna miss on some first round picks. Josh is definitely gonna miss on some first round picks. Mike is gonna miss on some first round picks, but we're also gonna hit on some. Somebody's gonna hit on them. And by not being in the first round or second round, or in your case, third round, you're like taking yourself, like you're not even giving yourself a shot at the dartboard. Like I didn't think I needed it for these first two drafts. And maybe you don't. I mean, you ha- you have a team that could very easily win next year. So like I'm not I'm not saying you're you're totally wrong. I just like hope that you don't quit the
2: league in five years. Well, I think you know, I'm trying to get in when the getting's good, and I think that's at the beginning of a dynasty league. Uh because of how hard it is to draft and to build a team from, you know, if it's a bad team now, it's gonna be difficult to make it a good team later. Whereas I think when you start a dynasty league, it's much easier to get players on your roster. You know, we're going to produce. So I, I knew what I was doing and it might not work out well, but I I thought it was the best way to do it. Um, but I'm yeah. interested and I'm happy that we have so many different strategies within the league um, because we'll be able to see how everything works out in a few years. Same, same.
1: And I mean, you know, Tommy's obviously falls closer into your camp than he does mine and, you know, and he won and I, I'm, I, I'm jealous. I would love to have won. So, you know, there's, you know, there's pros and cons to both. I I just had to give you a hard time on that.
2: No, I appreciate it. I, I like that you're very involved with the league and the analysis and just looking forward uh, into the future.
0: Yeah. I, I like the analysis, Brian. I do think it's worth noting though. It's like Sloan's players, you, dis, you know, despite having no first round picks, what Sloan said is very true in that he's got players that he can trade for multiple firsts pretty easily. And so the draft is never fully out of reach for Sloan. If he decides he wants to get into it. Sloan, please tell me if I'm wrong here, but my thought is that you're avoiding the draft because you one, don't want to put in the effort to figure out what player you should draft to your position. And so it's easier to just take win now players and maybe trade them in the future for other players or younger proven players than try to, do any kind of scouting in the actual rookie draft?
2: I think our listeners know at this point in the podcast life that I don't know some of the NFL players. So if I don't know the NFL players, I'm sure as heck not going to know basically all the college players. So you're right. It takes a lot of research to figure out who to draft. And I'm impressed with you and Matt and all the other boys who are doing that type of research to get ready for the draft. I'm happy that, I only have fourth round picks over the next two seasons because, and I think looking back at, uh, and I know it's only four rounds, but like, I just don't have to worry about who's going to be available at, at what spot. Like I got fourth round picks. There really isn't going to be many people. I'll definitely take some guys who I think could emerge into something. Um, but I just, yeah, it's fantasy football for is, is already enough work. So figuring out, figuring out the research for the rookies is even more to that. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate the honesty on that Sloan, Brian. I'd love to get back to your team and, and your thoughts. I love the point you made at the beginning. It's definitely interesting. You've taken this younger approach, you know, you've gone all in on picks. That means you trust your scouting ability. How are you feeling about your team right now going forward? Um, hit and miss. Uh I I what I feel good about is
1: that I think there are only maybe two or three things that I've done since we started this league that I that I re- can say I regret. And the number one is not valuing quarterbacks in the startup draft. So I was one of the last people to draft a quarterback. Uh, you know, definitely one of the last to draft a second quarterback. And I think what I really made the mistake wasn't necessarily that, that I undervalued quarterbacks. I I feel like my evaluation of them was was pretty sound, but it was, I, I underestimated how much everybody else would value them. Like if you had told me Mike was going to go quarterback, 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 one, two, three, I, I would never have believed you. And I I knew those top tier quarterbacks would go off the board right away, but I was like, you know, banking on, you know, I bet I could get Justin Fields in round four or five. Like, I think I'll be able to get, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence in round three. Like I, I, I knew they would go high, but I wasn't ready for them to go that high. So, you know, kind of going position by position, like quarterback is far and away my weakness. Like that is, I, I struggled week in, week out to put, two starting quarterbacks on the field, which is is terrible to say. And I, I think that that more than any position group on my entire roster is what is getting me the state at Waffle House on Saturday. Um, to me that my my sh- lone shining star in my quarterback room is Mac Jones. Um, I feel like Mac Jones is probably a starter for at least five to ten more years. So that's, you know, there's some quality in that. I, I fear, you know, will the Patriots ever open up the playbook to let him, you know, make him the feature or is he just always kind of a, you know, a secondary option? That's a fear of mine. I've got Taylor Heineke who like, who knows if he's starting next year. I certainly don't. And I pretty much have nobody else. So I will be, I will be, uh, you know, drafting quarterbacks. I will probably be trying to trade for quarterbacks this off season. And I will definitely be picking up any quarterbacks on in free agency that that have a chance at starting just to be able to put, you know, a competent team on the field. Um, Going into into running backs, uh, something that, you know, I I have David Montgomery, I have Miles Gaskin, I have Cam Akers. Those are kind of my my three, you know, three main main running backs. Cam Akers was a guy that I drafted and stashed on IR all year. Um, he's somebody that I'm really excited about. I'm, I'm very, very happy that he's come back at the end of this season, just because I want him to get some confidence in his Achilles, you know, that he, that he feels like he can play on it. There's not that like fear lingering all, all off season about, you know, if he's gonna, if he's gonna suffer another major injury, like I want him to get back, play a couple games and go into the off season feeling confident. Um, because I think he's got top 10 to 15 you know, running back potential easily. Um, And, and he, he feels like a star. I'm glad that Daryl Henderson has kind of fallen off the back half of the year. Uh, He came out hot and I was really worried about, you know, a split backfield next year, but that that's less of a concern for me. Um, David Montgomery was a trade that I made with Mike, um, you know, about halfway through the season. Uh, I got um, sent him, or I got him for essentially for Tua um, and, as much as I need quarterbacks, I, I feel like that was, that was worthwhile considering Tua might not even be a starter, you know, next year. Um, His own team seems to, to want to get rid of him, So I feel like he doesn't have a spot on my team if if his own team doesn't want him. Um, Miles Gaskin, a player I would like to not be starting much longer, um, but you know, he's kind of been a filler for me, um, you know, in the meantime Uh, to me, my, my, Position of strength is so far and away wide receiver. I am in love with so many of my wide outs. Like, I think DK Metcalf is the touchdown machine. I am worried about Russell Wilson leaving in the offseason, but I, to me, DK Metcalf is a stud. Um, and he's only, you know, only getting better. Uh, Deontay Johnson, like, I mean, sign me up for for any wide receiver that gets the type of target share that he gets. He, he literally had three games, he played every single game, but one this season, he had three games where he had less than 10 targets. Like that is, that's unbelievable target. Um, He's on the field for, you know, 85 to to 95% of snaps. Like he is, he's big. Um, He gets touchdowns and uh, this is all with, with essentially a decrepit quarterback throwing him the ball. So I, I feel, you know, any kind of improvement at the quarterback position is going to be leaps and bounds for Deontay Johnson. Um, Devonta Smith, uh, you know, rookie season went pretty well. He wasn't quite the breakout star that Jamar Chase was, but, and he, he definitely had his ups and downs, but I, I like Devonta a lot. And I think, you know, especially if Jalen hurts starts to figure out how to throw the ball a little better, (laughs) I think that, you know, is only going to get better. Um, to, uh, Uh, two rookies that I'm just like over the moon about are Elijah Moore and Kadarius Tony. I think, you know, Elijah Moore, I I think Josh, you gave, you know, you and I, he was part of that deal uh, for Zeke. Um,
0: I drafted him originally.
1: I did. Yeah. So I drafted him originally, traded him away, which was a major mistake and then got him back. But um Elijah Moore, I think is, is awesome. I, I hope that Zach Wilson at least turns into a competent quarterback so that he can, you know, really mature. Kadarius Tony was injured for a lot of the season, but he had some absolute breakout performances where, you know, he, he pretty much went from, you know, a rookie that was barely getting on the field to, you know, 10 to 15 targets a game um, early in the season. He had, he had injury issues, but I, I think you know, if he stays healthy, I think he could be really, really, really good. Um, I've got a little bit of depth with DJ Chark, too. Who knows where he ends up? So I feel really good about my wide receiver room, and that's why I feel like I, I don't need to take a wide receiver in this draft. Um, and then kind of wrapping it up, my tight ends, um, you know, I've got Dalton Schultz. That's I – was, I was kind of mentioning two to three things that I, I regret. I wouldn't say I fully regret the Dalton Schultz trade that I made with Mike, but it's one that I – I wish I had not pulled the trigger on as quickly as I did. Um, I I essentially got Dalton Schultz for a second round pick and Dalton Schultz, you know, he ended as, you know, a top five tight end, I believe, but it's, you know, top five, tight end is not, you know, not necessarily. Doesn't save you from awful pass. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, you know, that's, that's kind of my, my main recap. I, I, um, i you know, even, even with some of the trades that, you know, didn't necessarily go quite as well as I was thinking, like I would still make the Christian McCaffrey trade. I would say I wouldn't include Henry Ruggs <laughs> in that deal. Um, but to me, like the number one and number four overall picks in this draft, you know, I have the potential to, to get, you know, two players that outscore Christian McCaffrey over the next, you know, five years um, if not, hopefully at least one. So I, I think that something I want to keep track of. Early, I, I definitely years. do. I definitely
2: do. <laughs> okay. So,
1: um, yeah, I think that's, you know, that's kind of main analysis on the team. What what thoughts do you guys have?
0: Yeah, I think one thought I have is, you know, I'd like to get in your headspace about maybe where your strategy was over the course of the year. Because if you looked at your draft, your draft was pretty win now. Like your starting quarterbacks, I think, were Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan. Like you had Zeke, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan. And I think you, you probably had another quarterback that was starting worthy Are there, there are reasonable weekly starters. At what point for you, this switch kind of flip where you were like, I don't want to win now anymore. I'm going all in on youth. Like where were, where was that for you in, in this season?
1: Uh, it came
0: It came early on. Um, I was really aggressive early in the season
1: with making trades and being able to, to, you know, acquire draft picks and all that. And I think I would say like I, I overreacted to probably week one and week two results like my team significantly underperformed early on in the season. And just having never done the table format before, I don't think I really had my head wrapped around that like, two bad weeks doesn't necessarily end your season. Um, and I, I, again, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. And honestly, just like as a, as a manager, I have more fun with a team like this than a team. That's just like, you know, year one, win now, like, yeah, you know, sure. going for it, this is just, I, I, you know, if this pans out and then 2024, 2025, I'm, you know, right in the thick of it, I'm going to be so much more attached to my team than I think I would be to a team that I, I just drafted in the startup draft. So I think there was part, you know, it was part overreaction and, and not really understanding how the table format worked over the course of the season, and then part just me not really feeling any connection to my players the way mm. that I do now, and, and being <laughs> more willing to move on from them <laughs> than, you know, than, than I would be now
0: yeah i know after week one like you were all about mac jones like it was literally yeah. one week of mac jones and you were ready to go for him so
1: yeah and that's, i get the i, mean, attachment. I, don't, I don't regret it I, I still feel good about mac jones's future um yeah it'll be interesting to see so i i probably pulled the trigger a little too fast on switching <laughs> strategies but i had a hell of a time this year so like i <laughs> i don't i i would i'd be lying if i said that i regretted it so
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah. And unlike the other guys, your year still isn't over yet. You know, you still have the best part of your year yet to come.
1: Correct. Correct. I,
0: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Any questions from you Sloan on Brian's team? Any thoughts?
2: Just, yeah. Young team. I mean, you look at your team and everybody's pretty well aware that you're building for the future. And I think you're doing a good job of it. I don't think you're just, making decisions based on feeling. I think you're actually doing the research and, and putting in the effort to make good decisions, um, which I think is the opposite of what I do for my win now strategy. I kind of just, you know, I look at the players and I'm like, Oh, I remember that name. He's probably good. Let's take yeah. him. Uh <laughs> Whereas you have tons of guys that I have no idea who they are, which is a good sign for you because that means they're probably good. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I, I, there was a question when Mike was
1: on that you guys asked him about like, you know, what do you think your year is? And pretty much ever since you asked him that I've kind of been thinking about that for my own team. And, you know, to Sloan's point, like not necessarily knowing a lot of my players, like I, what I'm really like to me, the perfect trajectory is like next year. I avoid Waffle House that like, I I'm not looking to make the playoffs next year, but I definitely don't want to have to do this again. Um, I think, you know, year after that, I'm looking to make the playoffs. And, you know, probably that 2025, 2026 season is, is when I'm looking to win it to me. Like what I'm just most fascinated in is like, does this team look anything like it does right now come 2025? Like yeah. that's, that's what fascinates me. And like, where, you know, where are these players going to be? Who, which ones turned out, which ones didn't, you know? So I, I, That's that's half the fun of it to me anyway. So,
0: yeah, I think it'll be, I think this draft this year is absolutely huge for you because you know, you have, you have decent draft capital next year, but it's not anything that is like insane. So if this year's draft, if you decide to keep all of your picks in this year's draft, if it doesn't work out for you, I think it would be a dark, it may be dark times for for team head, but I'm hoping it works out. I mean, I have picks this year. I want it to be a good draft, but yeah, it's a, I can understand why you've already been watching film because it is, it is that big of a deal. Yeah. It's, it's a turning point. Like
1: to me, you know, if I end up keeping four first round picks this year, I will, I will consider it a a massive success. If three of the four of them pan out, if I, I will consider it a, a success. If two of the four of them do, I if one of the four of them or God forbid, none of them pan out, it's, it's dark. It's there, there's a dark, dark road ahead. So um, we'll see, you know, I'll, I'll adjust when that, when that happens. Um, but, you know, I, I, I trust myself to be able to figure it out.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm hoping it does pan out for you. I think the better everybody's team is the more fun the league will be, but I know regardless even if your team is a losing team for a while, you'll still be a good sport about it. So that's something I'm very happy back. about. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: I am. We, I am never a threat to leave. So
2: you got to for life. Yeah. I love it.
0: All right. Well, it's been any, well, before I close Sloan, any questions from you before we're done? Okay. Awesome. Great. Well, it's been great having you on Brian. I am so pumped about this weekend. I will be, calling you to see how it's going. Please record as much content as you can without getting caught. Um, but it's been a pleasure talking to you this week, learning about your team and your strategy for Waffle House.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Thank both. You know, I thank both of you for, for putting, you know, the time, time together to make this podcast every week. I never, never knew how badly I needed a boys dynasty League <laughs> podcast until we got one. And it's, it's blown me away. Like I, I can't believe that you guys do this as often as you do. I I have immense, immense gratitude for it. So keep it up. You guys are doing awesome. Um, This, this leak has, is, is way better than I even imagined it could be. So, and it's because of people like you. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Brian. Well, great. Good talking to you, Brian. Good seeing you Sloan. You guys have a good week. Best of luck on your prep this week, Brian. Thanks
2: guys. God, God bless.
0: See ya.